Hi everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Green's Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. Today, we are going to be talking about the lymphatic system and how it relates to skin and skin care. So the lymphatic system has several functions in the body from playing a huge role in your immune system to, yes, helping rejuvenate the skin. We'll explain more about the lymph system in the episode, but as a little bit of an overview, it is what help clears out waste from the body. So after your cells go through a metabolic process, they produce waste. That waste has to go somewhere and the lymph system helps do it. It is present all over the body, but most notably, you have probably heard of your lymph nodes. It's kind of a complicated system and most people aren't super well-versed in it. And honestly, today we are really only going to scratch the surface of what it can do for you. This is a beauty podcast after all, so we are going to spend most of the time on the skin. Before we get into it, I must introduce you to our guest who will help us navigate the body's other circulatory system. Britta Plug is a longtime and beloved member of the MBG family. She is a holistic esthetician who was based in New York for several years, and now she is in Austin. She has worked with MBG quite a bit previously, explaining the benefits of oil cleansing to facial massages to different techniques. She's even featured in several of our how-to videos, and she is a longtime collective member. She is a huge proponent of lymphatic care, not only for her clients and not only because it helps the skin, but as a matter of her own health. I will let her explain her story further. So without further ado, Britta, welcome. Thank you. I am so excited to have you on today. Some of our listeners uh, may be familiar with you because you are such a beloved part of the MBG family, and they are probably familiar with your work on social media too. I know you have a, a great group of fans who who always look to you for support. But for those who may not know you as well, I would love if you could help us just get to know you better and share your story. How did you get interested in skincare and beauty? So it started really young. I always thought the world of skincare seemed like this very magical place. For a bit of backstory, um, I'm Canadian by birth, but moved to Germany when I was 11. And was suddenly sort of immersed in this world where things were done quite differently than I was used to. There was a lot more holistic medicine, spa culture. I used to get chronic ear infections and was always at the doctor and then getting, you know, prescribed antibiotics for it and like getting these like colds and all these things. And something came up. I went to the doctor when we first moved to Germany and he prescribed baths and teas and I went to the apothecary and they like measured out herbal teas and blended me a tea and there was like these specific instructions around my baths and I just thought like it it was pre-Harry Potter era but it felt like entering this magical world and there was you know skincare like Dr. Hauschka and you know this sort of like the, the general culture or the mainstream culture was more infused with natural healing, especially where I lived in a very sort of healing focused region of the country. And we were right on the border of Switzerland. I would accompany um, my friend's family, like to go to like the baths and like the thermal baths. And there was all these saunas. And so I would go, we'd drive across the Swiss border into the Alps and I would experience like sauna and spa culture And I just loved it. And as someone who's always been highly sensitive, like since birth, my mother's described to me as like ripe peach that bruises very easily (laughs) from the very beginning. And like, just like being in the real world always felt a little jarring to my system. And this world of 
spa and like things that smelled good and things that felt good were just like where I wanted to dwell. It just, it magnetized me. I was drawn in completely and, you know, would do little facial massages on my friends and these kinds of things. I also got acne as like, you know, around like that super fun, like puberty time, hormones changing. I know it well. (laughs) (laughs) Like as if things aren't awkward enough already. And I was sent to the dermatologist and again, had a different experience than I might hear in the US. The dermatologist had an esthetician who came in and did facial treatments twice a week. And rather than put me on any topicals or um, oral antibiotics or anything like that, I got facials once a week and it was like covered as part of my dermatological treatment. And it was just this beautiful experience. The woman was so nice. I, I remember her completely and everything smelled good and felt good and was calming and gentle, even with extractions. Like it was just every, I felt so held and nourished and nurtured and that this was all kind of my introduction to spa skincare and I I just absolutely loved it and so that was first introduction and then throughout high school I experienced some trauma that left me in a place where I was no longer thriving academically and was not looking towards going to college and filling out college applications when all of my peers were doing so. I just wasn't in a good place for that. And, you know, I remembered seeing this, this woman for facials, and I knew that she'd gone on to open her own business and have her own practice. And I just thought this spa environment would be somewhere that I would feel really good. And I had that love and that passion for skincare. And so I thought, let me go to school for beauty. Let me go to aesthetic school, learn how to do facials. I can do that. And when I'm feeling, you know, more healed in my nervous system, when I can take on more, then this is a job I can have through college as well and go and like get the degree that I'm expected to get. And it turned out that I never have or I have yet to go back to school. I still might do that and, you know, diversify at age 50. But it really became sort of my central focus. And as a lifelong learner, I've always been really curious and always wanted to take other classes in nutrition or yoga or meditation And everything I learned would kind of feed back into what I was doing in the treatment room with my clients. And my practice just became more and more aligned with how I wanted to be engaging with beauty. I, I too, am somebody who, you know, did experience skincare issues growing up. And it really is something that did change the trajectory of my career. You know, it made me fall in love with skincare in this really meaningful way. And I really love hearing when other people have somewhat similar stories in that regard. And, you know, you, you've had such this beautiful career and you really have created this space for yourself in the industry where you are known for your healing modalities and your gentle touch and your natural touch. So, you know, what does your practice look like today? And, you know, where where has this this vision taken you in your career today? So really, you know, Wildling, I'm a co-founder of Wildling, and that's a, a really big focus for me right now. I've gone through a big transition. You know, I spent almost 15 straight years in the treatment room doing facials and Things started to shift as I stepped into sharing, teaching through workshops, teaching online, co-founding Wildling, and speaking to people that weren't just on the table in the treatment room. So that's a really big focus of my time now. And I actually went on hiatus when I left New York in uh, the fall of 2019, so about two years ago. And it was a much, much needed hiatus. I'd been doing facials again for about 15 years. Um, 
and I got a little burnt out just from being in New York, you know, launching about three businesses at once. <laughs> and I needed, I needed <laughs> I a can rest. Do it too. <laughs> I really needed a rest. So we moved to Topanga Canyon, just outside of Los Angeles, and I thought I was going to take, you know, some time off of doing facials and um, start to get something set up, you know, in a few months. And then the pandemic happened. And of course, estheticians, you know, were sort of away from work the longest. And for me, because I have these other projects and passions that my career has led to, it wasn't imperative for me to get set up with a facial practice again. And my fiance and I decided to make another move. Where we were living was a beautiful, beautiful place, but it just didn't feel like home and the place to put down roots. And so we moved to Austin, Texas, where we've been for a year now. And I'm just starting to get set up to start seeing clients again. And I'm actually really glad that it's it's been this beautiful long break because I'm now itching to get back into the treatment room. Like I cannot wait to get my hands on people's faces again. And I think that even if you're doing something that you love with all your heart, if you start to get burnt out, like you've got to take that break, you know, if that's available to you and then have the space to fall back in love with it and be magnetized back to it. And of course, as a lifelong learner, you know, things are always changing and evolving. So I can't wait to try some new tricks in the treatment room and and see if I've lost my skill set completely, which I, I highly I doubt. Have. I can't imagine that would be the case. But I might have to, you know, like when you take your bike out for the first time in like sure. a decade, I might have to like take a few laps around like the residential neighborhood before getting back out there again, work on some friends and family because my work has been so focused on self-care, working on myself, teaching others how to work on themselves, which is also um, something that I'm so grateful to be able to share and so grateful to my body green being one of the very first, actually the very first publication that I engaged with in starting to share things to a larger audience. So I have so much love for my body green and always will. Well, you are certainly a big part of our community and you align so well with our purposes. And I I also love the fact that you did take off time as a beauty practitioner because I do think one of the, the things about beauty is it is such a service and giving industry by nature, especially with, you know, people like yourself, estheticians or, you know, hairstylists or makeup artists or dermatologists, you know, you guys are actually giving of yourself for other people in like a very real hands-on way. And that must be really tiring. It can be. It really can be. And it's, and it's a both- both and situation sure. where, you know, sometimes, you know, I, my hands would hurt, like literally, like I would, you know, have some like light overuse injuries and had to learn how to work smarter or I'd be really exhausted. And when you have a full client schedule booked out for two months, it's really hard to like take a mental health day and reschedule people because then they're, you know, you're inconveniencing everyone else. And so when you're working with that kind of schedule, it just, you don't have the same type of flexibility that other professions may afford. And so it was really beautiful to kind of uh, just take a load off for a little bit. And I had a lot of healing that I needed to do. I mentioned I got really burnt out towards the end of my 15 year stint in New York. And I actually got really sick as well. I got mono Epstein-Barr virus and have had acute mono for a few years. And so I really needed that time to just be horizontal, like just lay in bed and heal and rest. And now it's this beautiful kind of re-emerging. And I've always been interested in how our overall health ties in with beauty and how what we're doing with the face affects the body. And I get even more interested in that sort of coming out of this time of really needing to deeply rest 
my entire system and this conversation around lymph and nervous system and all of it ties in so much to every facet of my life and I'm just so engaged with it and I never cease to be amazed at how much we can affect what's going on in our entire body, in our nervous system, in our emotional state, just by working on the face. You know, just by working from the collarbones up, which is pretty much my my territory, there is so much happening. There are so many lymph centers. There are places to access the vagus nerve to help us move into parasympathetic, which is essential for all things skin healing. You know, we have meridians and pressure points and all of our sense organs and all of the muscles that create our mimics are, you know, how we express our feelings to the world. And of course, you know, tension in those muscles is going to be very much linked to the emotion we're feeling when we make the expression. And so it just, I'm, as I go through my own healing journey, I'm constantly sort of reignited with facial work. You know, that really does flow well into my next question. What is your beauty philosophy? You know, what is your specific beauty point of view that has really become a lens through your work? I think that beauty is truly, you know, that light that shines out from within. You know, it's not, to me, it's not perfect symmetry. It's not, you know, features looking a certain way. It is really that luminosity. And even our language for beauty throughout the ages, you know, it's been, oh, she's radiant. Oh, they're luminous. Oh, they're glowing. You know, the the, the language that we use, it really comes back to this light radiating out from within us. And you know, often imbalances in the system can start to cloud that a little bit. And so I think that when we are healthy and balanced and the tissues are healthy and the lymph is flowing and all of that, it simply allows the light to shine even brighter. It's almost as if we're like cleaning the windows so that the light can shine through even better. I, I want to lay the groundwork about uh, the point of this episode, right? We are going to be talking about the lymphatic system and lymphatic drainage and how that all relates to skincare. And you've definitely touched on it in in one of your answers previously, but I want to help people understand what it actually is because I do think that there are some misconceptions about it. So let's kind of help everyone get on the same page. What is the lymphatic system and how does it affect the skin? The lymphatic system is a circulatory system within the body, circulating fluids, and it's the body's sort of internal waste removal system. It has so many functions that we won't touch on. It's also a huge part of the immune system, which isn't as relevant to this conversation. And what what we really do want to focus on is how it's removing waste from the tissues, from the spaces between the tissues and how that is essential for clear, glowing, that luminous skin. And when we're working with the lymphatic system, again, even if we're just stimulating some of the areas that I really like to touch on from the collarbones up, we are actually starting to affect the lymph of the entire body. And it's so crucial, it's so key for our healing. So there's a quote from someone named Andreas Moritz. Rarely is there a disease which is not due to lymphatic obstruction. Wow, powerful. They also say all chronic diseases or symptoms of ill health are caused by an obstruction of some sort. And this comes back also to you know, traditional Chinese medicine, which informs a lot of my practice, you know, there's always this talk of stagnation, moving stagnation, um, that a moving hinge never rusts. And so we always want to keep everything moving and flowing. And with the lymphatic system, you know, it is a watery, a very water-like substance I like to think of, you know, a stream flowing freely. And there's a stream where I take my my dogs on our daily walk that we pass. 
And here in Texas, it fluctuates a lot. Some days it's full of water and it's flowing and it's clear. And then other times, if we haven't had rain for a while, it starts to dry up in places where it's no longer flowing and there are individual little pools of water. And then it starts to get smelly and stagnant and there's a film growing on top and I can't let my dogs near it because if they start to laugh at it, they're gonna have some issues later on. And so that's sort of what's going on in the lymphatic system too. It's carrying waste away from the cells and the tissues. And this can even just be, you know, the metabolic waste of skin taking in nutrients or rather cells taking in nutrients and oxygen from the bloodstream. And then the metabolic waste that they create, you know, everything in life, there's nutrients go in, waste goes out. And so the lymphatic system is there to carry away that waste. And when it's not flowing properly, things get backed up and stagnant and icky. So we really, really want to keep things flowing. The lymphatic system flows throughout the entire body, all of our organs. And similar to, you know, the blood system goes from the tiniest capillaries into larger and larger vessels and ducts. And then eventually, after going through these and many, many little lymph nodes of filtration, re-enters the blood system. Where does it do that? Right above the collarbones. So that is such an important point for the lymphatic system. And again, when we're doing facial work, so often we are stimulating that area to stimulate the lymph drainage for the face and head, but it's also the place where the lymph from the entire body re-enters the blood system. It then goes on to get filtered by the kidneys and then we pee it out. So that's how the toxins make it out from between the tissues, in between the cells, all throughout the body, and then end up excreted by the body. So I want to help people visualize what this might look like when their lymph is in a good state versus when it is perhaps stagnant. So when when you are working your lymph system, you know, you are encouraging drainage, you and you know, things things are working as they should. What does that look like outwardly on the skin versus what are some things that you might notice happening if the lymph is static? Are there things that show up? Absolutely. So with stagnant lymph, we'll often see, you know, again, speaking more from the collarbones up, puffy face, puffy eyes, dull skin, a lot of, let's say, breakouts, even hyperpigmentation can be a little bit of a sign of stagnation. So things just not flowing well. When everything is flowing and draining and clearing, that really radiant clear complexion. And with practices, you know, like facial massage, facial gua sha, facial cupping. So we mentioned gua sha several times in this episode. And we actually did a very, very thorough gua sha episode with Debbie Kung. She is a doctor of Chinese medicine and a licensed acupuncturist. I will be sure to link to the episode in our show notes. And if you haven't listened to it, it is worth visiting as we get into the history benefits and exactly how to do it. It is a fascinating episode and we don't get into too much of the details of gua sha here. So definitely check that episode out if you want more information. People always talk about that glow and a lot of that is coming from the lymphatic drainage, clearing everything out. And then when we have space, fresh nutrient-rich blood and oxygen and all of that good stuff can also make it to the cells so much better because there's not a big, you know, kind of traffic jam of stagnation happening. So those are kind of two of the things that um, we see where there is, you know, everything is just kind of like healthy, flowing, glowing. There's no excess puffiness. Things are good. That would be a client where I'm not necessarily going to focus so heavily on the lymphatic system, even though it's always going to come into play. Whereas if someone's really puffy, they're saying they feel really puffy. I can tell their skin feels waterlogged. They're dealing with issues with breakouts, that sort of thing. We're always going to 
have a heavier focus on the lymphatic system. And one of the things also is, you know, with our blood system, the other circulatory system, we have pumps, we have the heart, we have the muscular walls of the arteries pumping the blood through the body. With lymph, it relies almost entirely on the external and internal movements to keep it flowing. So massage, moving your body, exercise, even deep breathing, that movement of the diaphragm really does a lot for the lymphatic system. That's why, you know, sometimes we're puffier when we wake up in the morning, we've been lying still all night, or when you get off a flight, you know, we're really just after we've been stagnant, the lymph has not had that extra assistance in moving things along. So I definitely want to get into the details of exactly what people can do to help move it and specific techniques, but quick follow-up question. I feel, and this is a personal follow-up question, but I feel like every Monday my eyes are so, like they just swell so easily. I wake up and they are so puffy. And I know it's because I just don't treat my skin as well or my body as well on the weekends as I perhaps do during the weekdays. You know, I Monday through Friday, I get up, I, I usually leave my house, I go to work, I'm eating my salads, I'm much more dil- diligent about working out. And then I don't necessarily I, I have that same routine on the weekends. I try to treat my body well, but you know, I, I'm not as diligent. And is that all it takes, just a weekend? Is that why my eyes are swelling? It very well could be. You know, it's it's a, it's a system that can respond really quickly, which is cool because when we start doing some of the spatial work, that initial lymph drainage is something that people can see and experience and feel really, really quickly. You know, when people first start doing facial massage, facial gua sha, facial cupping, that's kind of like one of the, the sort of like wow effects. Once they start to get their technique down is like, holy cow, one side of my face feels so puffy and the other side feels sculpted, firm, toned, because you don't have this excess water weight under the skin. And there's a variety of things that can contribute so many to lymphatic stagnation, you know, any inflammation in the body. So myself with chronic illness and autoimmune issues, I've got chronic lymph stuff. So I'm always working on my lymph and I always tend towards being on the puffy side as a result. Muscular tension, you know, tight muscles don't really allow for that optimal flow of fluids. And so, you know, stress also. The other thing is our nervous system. When we are kind of like when we are on, especially like more in the sympathetic. And my understanding is that the nervous system is a little bit more of a dimmer switch than a binary sympathetic, parasympathetic, or fight or flight, rest and digest. You know, being on can also be excited, engaged in a meeting. You're not necessarily like, you know, feeling like you want to fight or flee, but you're absolutely on. You know, body is not in a place of rest and digest where all of its internal systems of detoxification, healing, and regeneration happen. And so we always have to be spending time, you know, sort of in this flow back and forth. Our body needs that. When we don't have that relaxation time for our body to take care of it, then we're also going to have lymph drainage issues. So we really kind of need to bring the nervous system into a rest and digest or parasympathetic state in order for the lymph drainage to happen, which is also why I love, love, love these beauty rituals so much because we're bringing ourselves, or at least for me, it's a wonderful opportunity. It's a huge opportunity to come back into my body, to get out of my head and the busyness, to ground down, slow down, and get into these practices. And not only do the practices help us to get there, but we also kind of need to start to get into that state in order for them to be effective. So let's talk about a few of the beauty rituals that people can start to use in their everyday life. What are some of your favorite techniques or rituals or routines that you often recommend to people? You know, are, is there like a 
a beginner technique that somebody should use that they can kind of introduce themselves to? Absolutely. So as I've been mentioning, massage using your hands, facial gua sha, and facial cupping to me is the most powerful and immediate for the lymphatic work and what I would always reach for in the treatment room when working on a client who was extremely puffy, really wanted to work on the lymphatic system or where I was discerning that that was the place we really needed to start. And so we always want to start no matter what, which of those tools we're reaching for or simply using our own hands by stimulating some of the key lymphatic centers. So if you feel now above your collarbones, and you can feel that beautiful dip above the collarbones out toward the head of the shoulders. And if you have all your fingertips just in that nice dip above the collarbones, you're going to hit the spot. So you don't have to be too worried about being directly on it. And with a very light touch, simply start massaging in little outward circles, just moving the skin in that area, stimulating the skin in that area. So this is already starting to prepare the drain. This is a, the major, major drain for lymphatic drainage. And then if you come up your neck to behind the angle of your jaw, just behind your, or below your earlobes, there's a nice little tender spot behind the angle of your jaw. You can do some very gentle massage there too. This location is where we have the largest lymph node in the head. So the first point was called terminus. This is called profundus. And these two are where I always start stimulating when I know I'm really going to be focusing on the lymphatic system. The really cool thing about this is these are also places where we can start to access the vagus nerve, which brings our body into parasympathetic rest and digest or helps it to sort of get there. So we're really getting a two in one when we start stimulating these two points. And that, you know, when we're talking about beauty or, you know, doing facial work, having results on the face of sculpting, clearing, brightening, having that glow, totally essential, but also we're affecting our entire body. And that's where I just like start nerding out and want to do like a happy dance around the living room because it's just so cool to me and it makes everything make sense. And you know why these sorts of practices felt so good to me as this like oversensitive young person or not always oversensitive, but perhaps a person in need of soothing, I'll say. Um, and Sensitivity so that's, is a superpower. I know that sounds cheesy, but that's what I tell myself. One hundred percent agreed. Absolutely, okay. I'm learning more and more. I feel like throughout the course of our life, we just like kind of get downloads of like our own individual user manuals, and that's definitely part of mine. But that to me is very exciting. That we're starting to stimulate the nervous system, starting to stimulate um, the lymphatic system, and they really do go hand in hand. As I mentioned, with you know needing to be in this sort of more relaxed state in order for lymphatic drainage to be effective. So from there, we can you know gently glide down from one point, from point two to point one. So from behind the angle of the jaw, just lightly gliding down the neck to above the collarbone. And on the face, to keep it simple in general, we're moving from the center line out towards the edges. So you know, from the center of the chin towards the ears, from the nose out to you know the hairline, out to the temple, and simply moving that way across the face. So let's talk topicals as part of this conversation as well. I know that it's so important to use oils anytime you're using this. Why is that? 
So we want that slip and glide. So for facial cupping, especially, you know, you really need that glide for the suction to be happening. Otherwise, it's just not like the technique isn't going to work. Um, for facial gua sha, of course, as well, we want that slip and glide of the stone so we're not dragging the skin, pulling on the skin. And if you're just starting out and doing some of that manual massage with your hands like we just talked about, you actually don't need oil. You know, you're just stimulating some little points and you can do that with clean hands anytime. But for these, these modalities of facial gua sha and facial cupping, the slip and glide is an essential part of the technique. So follow-up question to that. When you are talking about topicals in general, can the actual topical that you're using affect your lymph in any way? Yes. So in our Wildling Empress collection, our tonic features sweet fern, which is one of the biggest lymph movers. So I actually noticed a big difference when I started using our tonic with my facial gua sha practice and noticing even more lymph drainage happening. And I was like, is this really, am I just imagining this, you know, because this is, you know, I've been part of creating this product and I'm so excited about it. And I had everyone else at the studio try it. And sort of like, are you noticing? They're like, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but I am noticing more effective lymph drainage when we're using. The other beautiful opportunity there is that when we're, you know, doing facial gua sha, facial cupping, we're stimulating the microcirculation in that area as well. So we're, and we're infusing the product even deeper into the skin. So our ingredients are all very, very carefully selected, wildcrafted or organic, and selected for their specific skin benefits. So with our new Lumen collection, uh, which features facial cupping, white jade, a sort of mushroom-shaped tool, which is very soothing and cooling, this whole collection is really focused on breakout-prone skin. It's great for many other skin types as well, but we really wanted to make something specifically for breakout-prone skin. And so the ingredients in the oil, like lavender, very healing, also antibacterial, sea buckthorn, super, super, super healing. And it's a very dry oil. So it's a higher linoleic oil, which is a good match for oilier, more breakout prone skin. And when you're using that with the facial cupping, you're using a nice, generous application of it. I think of it as your skin almost getting a treatment mask at the same time that you're doing this cupping because it's so saturated with all of those nutrients. On the flip side, are there any ingredients that can harm your lymph? Like, is there anything that people put on their bodies that may inadvertently, you know, affect the, the lymph in a negative way? You know, I've heard that like really heavy, glunky kind of products, you know, sort of creams that have really thick emulsifiers, this sort of thing can be a little bit stagnating for that superficial lymph. Also, interestingly, tattoos can be mm. not so great. And I have many that I acquired long before I knew about the lymphatic system. Why um, is that? I, as someone the... who also has tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> So what I've been told, and I could be incorrect on this, is that, you know, some of the ink will end up getting processed through the lymphatic system and getting those little ink particles will get stuck in the lymph nodes and kind of just stay there indefinitely. Okay. <laughs> Not the greatest to hear, but what's done is done. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Like we, we live in the world and that's, you know, so much of my philosophy on skincare, nutrition, like living, all of it in my day-to-day -day habits where I have control, exactly like you said, on your weekdays, getting the movement in, getting the veggies in, taking good care, you know, utilizing control where we have it. And that way we can also just kind of let the rest go and be in the world and just flow with things for me, like when I'm traveling or when I'm visiting, you know, friends or relatives and I can't have, you know, control over all the things that I'm eating or, you know, the sort of like extremely fragranced, maybe toxic hand soap that I'm using. And it's just like, well, 
I do what I can most of the time. And I'm just going to trust that my body can deal with this and process this because I am taking care of my detoxification and my health and flow on a regular basis. I couldn't agree more with that. I think that the expectation that we do it right all the time is one that people in the wellness world kind of like put on themselves. And it's it's like an undue burden that we don't need to have. Like, why does everyone try to act like it's they're so good at this all the time? And I am somebody who like fully embraces the fact that like, hey, I try really hard, but I am not always good at all of this stuff. So I completely agree with you. Yeah, and sometimes it's just out of our control, you know, and you you got to live a little. What That's what we're here for. That's what we're doing all of this for. <laughs> I, I love that philosophy. I completely agree with you. I want to ask, you know, while we're on this topic of how we can improve our, our lymph health, you did mention moving your body. And I'm, I'm curious about, you know, what, what bodily mechanisms can help with the lymph. Obviously, you do focus on the face, but are there things that you tell, you know, your patients or you tell people to, that they should focus on in terms of full body lymph? Absolutely. And one thing I haven't mentioned yet that everyone should be doing if they're doing any kind of lymphatic work, body or face, is drink plenty of water. Mm. You want to flush it out. Also, for those of you that are more inflamed, have chronic illness, autoimmune, you know that your body's more sensitive, you know you have some inflammation, start really small. Start really small and build up. Because we are working with the body's own internal detoxification systems, when we start to get things unstuck and get things flowing, you know you might feel a little icky, a little headachey, maybe even a little nauseous if you are you know, very stagnant. And this goes mostly, again, for folks dealing with like chronic illness, autoimmune, that sort of thing. You know who you are. That's me too. I always have to start really slow so that you don't have that detox reaction and just stay consistent and build up. So drinking plenty of water, please. Moving the body is excellent. You know, we can even do some gentle massage around the other sort of lymphatic centers of the body, behind the knees, at the groin, at the armpits. These are all big lymph centers as well for the body. Body gua sha, dry body brushing, amazing, amazing, amazing. Our aura collection for the body has both gua sha stone designed for the body. And when we use more pressure with it, we're getting a little bit more into the muscles, stuck fascia, feels amazing post-workout. For me, my IT band is always so tight and using with firmer pressure, the body gua sha stone on that area feels amazing. If we use that stone with lighter pressure and we're always moving in the direction of the lymph centers, it's amazing for the drainage. And that isn't as complicated as it sounds because it's essentially from our extremities towards the center for the most part is the direction that we're moving in. Epsom salt baths, contrast showers, these are all really, really amazing things for the lymph. And I also already mentioned deep breathing. Getting the diaphragm moving helps to pump around the internal organs and the deep lymph in the belly as well. I, I actually want to talk a little bit more about that because you mentioned breath and it, it obviously makes sense that breathing correctly will help get, you know, circulation going. But I think it's such a fascinating concept. And I, I, I'm curious what's what's happening there. Is it just the fact that, you know, you're getting oxygen throughout the body? Why, why does it help? So the movement of the diaphragm. So your, your diaphragm runs along your rib cage, essentially. So if you feel your ribs from sort of the center of the sternum, and then this shape that curves downwards. That's sort of where your diaphragm lays. Now take a deep breath in. That's pushing the diaphragm down and your belly out. That's why your belly goes out when you take a deep breath. 
And so that deep breath in and out starts to massage the internal organs and also stimulate um, a very big lymph center called cisterna chile deep in the abdomen. So you're you're getting more into like the deep lymph, whereas on the face, on the skin, we're working with very superficial lymph. And that's why that light touch is actually all we need to start to stimulate that. But if we're talking about the entire body, you know, deep breathing is something quite pretty simple that we can do even when we are seated, even when we can't be up and moving, that's going to start to get things going a bit. The benefits of breathwork and deep breathing is something that's actually very well studied. So let's go over some highlights. Doing something as simple as making your exhale longer than your inhale has been shown to send the body into a more parasympathetic state. This lowers the cortisol levels in your body. Cortisol, which is sometimes called the stress hormone, actually breaks down collagen and elastin in the skin. We talk about cortisol a lot on this podcast because it does so much damage to your skin and overall body, but back to deep breathing. Additional research from the Huberman Lab for Neuroscience out of Stanford University showed how breath impacts emotional states and how it can actually change the way the brain reacts to negative emotions. Researchers at the Radbound University Medical Center are actually looking into the Winhoff method, a breathwork, meditation, and cold therapy protocol, and how it can reduce inflammation in the body. Inflammation we know can lead to many skin issues like acne and rosacea. Now, obviously seeing the benefits of breath work in your skin isn't as simple as taking a deep breath and having your zits go away, but it is something that you can practice as a part of your overall and holistic proactive skincare regimen. We obviously say this all the time on this podcast, but everything is skincare. And if you take care of your breathing, you can take care of your overall health, skin included. We've been talking about, you know, your holistic approach to skincare and skincare philosophy. And we we often talk here about how nutrition is medicine and, you know, so so much of what I talk about within my own work here at My Body Green is how nutrition affects your skin. And I'm curious, you know, what what a what ways does nutrition play a role in your skincare philosophy? Do you do you have a point of view on that? So nutrition is incredibly important when we're dealing with skin issues, if we're talking about having like the most vibrant skin we can have. And there are a few things that are true for everyone, such as avoiding a lot of sugar, processed foods. These are terrible for your skin. And then it also gets into more finding the right nutritional style for your individual body. I I think that, you know, people can get really caught up in like, this is good, this is bad, I should be doing this, I should go vegan, I should go paleo. And the truth is that different things are going to work for different people, different bodies, different blood types. And finding with, you know, potentially a nutritionist, the diet that works for you is incredibly important. I've personally been really into the beans this last year and change, having a very bean-heavy diet. Do you know about the beans? No, do tell. So this last year, I've been working with a nutritionist named Unique Hammond, who also studied with Karen Hurd. And when we eat a lot of beans, it helps to detoxify the body in a specific way. So the bile that the liver excretes, you know, contains excess hormones and can also contain toxins. This then goes into the digestive tract where ideally we have plenty of soluble fiber to bind with this, these fats, these toxins and excess hormones in the fats and to then eliminate them from the body you know, through the, if we don't have enough soluble fiber in the digestive tract, we can simply reabsorb and recycle um, the toxins, the excess hormones, 
um, I believe it's called the something hepatic loop, enterohepatic loop. It has to do with the liver. So things getting reabsorbed, filtered by the liver, and then they go back through the bile into the digestive tract, and they can just be on this loop if we're not having enough of that soluble fiber. And beans are an amazing source, the highest source of soluble fiber. Otherwise, there's also psyllium husk. Steel-cut oats have a decent amount of fiber, but that getting that in on a regular basis can be amazing for clearing um, skin, especially with hormonal acne. So there's just a lot of cleansing and clearing internally that I've been really into with the beans this last year. They've played a big role in my own personal healing journey. The last question that I want to ask you, and this is basically the last question that I ask everybody is, how do you care for your own skin? What is your skincare routine, morning and night, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, absolutely. So in the mornings, I typically just do a little rinse. If I feel inspired, I might actually cleanse, but mostly I just rinse and maybe use a washcloth as well, just with water. Then I apply my hydration spritz, my tonic, followed by an oil and an SPF if I know I'm going to be outside and it's not just like dismally raining out. And I know so many, so many people are like, SPF every day, no matter what. And I'm like, I'm a most days kind of gal. So SPF most days. And then night, I do a really thorough cleanse. I love oil cleansing. Our new Lumen 3-in-1 oil is like an oil cleanser and just facial oil that I'm obsessed with. It can be used for the cleansing, the cupping, and then as your everyday oil as well after that. So do a really, really thorough cleanse, you know, remove with our cloud cloth and warm water. And then again, do my layer of hydration, layer of oil, and my oil I'll switch up depending on the time of year, really. So in the summertime, I was really, really digging our Lumen 3-in-1 oil. It's so lightweight. Again, this like linoleic oil. I'm sweating more. It was super humid here in Texas for a lot of the summer. And now that we're getting into drier seasons, I like something a little bit heavier. So Chris oil, although I wouldn't say it's heavy, it feels a bit more rich and a bit more moisturizing. And if I still need another layer after that, I'll put on a balm or something that's going to be a little bit more rich and occlusive and help my skin retain its moisture in the dry environment. Of course, once you've got that slip and glide on your skin, you are ready to go with some facial gua sha using the little mushroom stone. And of course, the cups are actually part of the cleansing process that I recommend once to twice a week. So that will be more of like a deep cleansing evening, kind of like when you might do like a facial mask, set a little bit more time aside for doing something a bit deeper for your skin. I love it. I am such a fan of regular facial massage, whatever that looks like for, you know, for you, whether it is something like cupping or whether it's just something as simple as using your own hands. I, it has literally changed my skin once I started doing it. And I, I think everybody should get in the habit of, of treating themselves like that because it shouldn't be an indulgence and it shouldn't be a luxury. It should be something that we we do to care for our own bodies. So I am okay. such a fan of your overall message. So thank you for coming here and sharing it with us. Thank you so much. And I'll just end by saying that, you know, to wrap it all up, bring it full circle, that doing this facial massage, facial gua sha, facial cupping is sort of the link between something like working on your nutrition, working on the overall, you know, the nervous system, the health, all of it. And then what we're putting on the surface because that facial massage, facial gua sha, facial cupping is increasing the microcirculation, getting the nutrients from all of your fruits and veggies that you're eating through the bloodstream to the cells, getting that oxygen that you're breathing through your breath work to the cells and really assisting on bridging these two worlds. It's all in our tissues, the muscles, the connective tissues. Well, I think that's a beautiful way to end this episode. That was so lovely and such a lovely uh, thought to end on. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming and um, chatting with us. Thank you so much. This was so fun. 
Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming by and listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast in general, don't forget to rate and review us and I will see you next week.